it's so much worse than I thought it would be. And I really do. <laughs> I really do think that's the theme of the last uh, maybe five years of all of society. But I, I kind of knew that a outliners are a dying breed of software. Wait, <laughs> wait, you started out. It's so much worse than I expected it to be. And we're suddenly talking about outliners. I, I just want to make sure that I'm correctly along right. for the ride. That, that's where we're going. Okay, well, okay, continue. No, continue, continue. Please continue. But I knew that, you know, I, I started a tweet thread asking just to double check, just to shake the tree and make sure I wasn't missing something. All I want is a simple outliner that works from my phone to my Mac and feels native on all of them. An iPad. That's an important point. Or else you're well, gonna, yeah, you're gonna that's invite between. more pushback. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but going from phone to Mac includes iPad. Uh, I want something that works on all three. And I kind of didn't think there was. And I kind of knew that outliners are so out of fashion and have fallen so just out of the view that a lot of people wouldn't know what an outliner is. And that it's so much worse than you thought it would be. It's so much worse than I thought it would be where people are convinced that they do know what an outliner is and they're pointing to things that are definitely not outliners. Uh, it was honestly an impressive display of patience on your part. I mean, the absolute confidence with which people recommended products to you that were definitely not outliners was pretty amazing i have to say and it is again i do have patience i don't know i feel more patience on things like this because i guess maybe we're surrounded by bigger more important issues and obsessing over as as important as an outliner could be to somebody who uses one <laughs> as any software is i don't want to belittle the importance of software in somebody's personal life but i of all people don't you know i i really do it is surprising how many people tell me about markdown and <laughs> <laughs> i'm familiar yeah well, so for the record you know of workflowy which is what i use personally yeah. and it does not function well on the ipad in particular and right. it totally feels like it's like the, the web version is or the mac version is basically the web app it's identical yeah. to the web app actually it just has right. a wrapper around it so right. to, to an even greater extent than other electron apps but so i can understand the pushback on it i bet if it worked on ipad it would you, you could probably muddle through Omni Outliner is so heavy. It's kind of like it's it's weird to translate. But I'm just putting these in there because, you know, just like the, the, the tweet thread, you're going to get responses to this episode. And uh, right. I can confirm that you have checked out all of the uh, well-known sort of uh, possibilities here. And an Outliner is not a notepad. And it's not a note, a text note in outline format, meaning That's that right. you have That's make right. points, you know, like you're in grade school learning how to do it and you indent and number this level and use letters for that level and outdent when you go back a level. That is an outline. I'm not denying it, but an outliner in the software sense. I mean, for me, like with Omni Outliner, which is a great app and I do still use, but to me, really, it still only makes perfect sense to me on the Mac. It just feels too heavy. And it also feels a lot like using a word processor when what you want, the task at hand, is a text editor. Mm, it's not what you want. Um, anyway, outliners. There is no, there's no good one. It's worse than you thought it was. It's so much worse than I thought it was. I What's mean, funny is so much worse than I thought it was could be both the state of outliners and the state of people responding to your tweet about outliners. But it's also a little sad that they don't even know, right? They don't even realize what they're missing out on because it's they've never actually seen a good one. It's a good stand-in for the general sort of demise of, of independent software as a whole. Yeah. Which, by the way, is definitely uh, going to be a topic, I think, over the next little bit. With not just the App Store stuff, but the you know the the in-app purchase things, which you know was was sort of I guess resolved, 
in a way that certainly gives a lie to the don't go trash this to the press. It never helps sort of line, which, by the way, I, I still can't believe that was actually in the App Store guidelines at some point. Like, <laughs> if they, You want to talk about threats, not just that letter. There was literally a threat embedded in the App Store guidelines for several years. It's it, it's incredible. And it was also not true <laughs> because going trashing Apple to the press definitely helps. It was delightful how how much of that initial document was clearly written by Steve Jobs. Oh, yeah. That was totally a Steve Jobs for sure. Yep. There are still bits of it that remain from that original document. There's a part. I forget what they're talking about. They're not mentioning pornography specifically, I don't believe. But there's some you part know where they say it sort of thing. Yeah, there, there's a reference to it. And the exact way you could just hear the words coming out of Steve Jobs's fingers or his mouth. What you know, he wrote he was a good writer, too. So I'm guessing he actually wrote it, didn't dictate it. But uh, it just still is so Steve Jobsy. And but that that don't go trash to the press. It never helps. Was so Steve Jobsian because it, in his mind he believed it. It wasn't that he was lying that it never helped. It was that it never helped from his perspective. Well, which that's is the all whole that point of a reality distortion field. You right. can only create a reality distortion field if you first distort your own reality. So right. Steve Jobs definitely believed that it that it didn't happen. So I absolutely believe that that came out of his fingers. He's like, this is definitely true. And even if in the real world, it was absolutely 100% not true. And it's been proven to be not true again and again. I think you mentioned this. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or offline. But like the the press, bad press is Apple's Achilles heel, right? Like that is and always remains the way to get Apple to sort of change or do something is bad press. And this has been the case for years. It's definitely a high risk game because, you know, if you don't break through, (laughs) then Apple can still uh, know about it. But it definitely works. There's no question about it. Well, and you better be right. That's the thing. Yeah. Not that there is somehow invulnerable to bogus bad press. I, I would say, you know, like any, uh, you know, any kind of PR public relations battle, of course not, you know, but if you're worried about the David versus Goliath angle of it, you'd better be right if you do go to the press. Not not even vin- vindictiveness. It's just that you're. it's not going to work if you're not. Well, it's not just that, but I think the fact that they do get unfair bad press or, you know, probably less so now, but back in the day, they, they certainly did. You know, the iPhone's doomed, Apple's doomed, et cetera, et cetera makes them particularly blind to legitimate, like, bad press. Like, yes. By legitimate bad, bad press, I mean it's bad for Apple. But yeah. they dismiss it because they think, oh, they're just being, you know, whiny babies. But you saw this with, with, the, e, with the, when the European Commission out there investing in Apple about the App Store. Apple's response was, it's disappointing the European Commission is advancing baseless complaints from a handful of companies who simply want a free ride and don't <laughs> want to play by the same rules as anyone else. It's like, it's incredible. It's one of the most tone-deaf responses I've ever seen, in part because it just doesn't play well politically. But two, say what you want about Spotify. The fact of the matter is Spotify is competing against Apple Music with a 30% disadvantage, right? It's definitely not an even playing field, and it's hilarious to suggest that it isn't. If I worked there, I would not have worded it that way. That's just <laughs> And yeah, but the other thing that's happening is this this ad identifier thing where, mm-hmm. you know, the your phone has a unique identifier for advertising. And you've always been able to, one, you can go in your settings and reset it. So then you're effectively a new person to all these apps and ad networks and things like that. Or you can turn it off and not not sort of furnish it. Of course, you know, it's deep, very deep in settings. Not Most people don't do that. Now with iOS 14, when you launch your app for a first time, it's going to say, 
do you want to allow them to use the setting? But the phrasing Apple uses, like, do you want this app to be able to like track you across the web or something like that? It's like definitely the most frightening sort of characterization of the technology. And of course, the assumption is that most people are going to say no. And the question then is, well, what is that going to do for all these independent third-party ad networks? Well, the question is, what's it do for Facebook and Google? But you just back up, and before you even think about Facebook, Google, for sure it's going to hurt the smaller guys even more than it's going to hurt the big guys. It's the same thing with GDPR. Everyone's like, oh, Facebook and Google dislike GDPR. Well, of course they do. It made their business harder. But even if it hurt their business to some degree, strategically, it made their moat that much bigger because it's way easier for them to overcome the challenges of GDPR than all this whole third-party sort of network system. And it's going to be the same thing here. The bigger companies are going to be able to handle this way better than the smaller companies. And I, it's like the, the in-app purchase thing. Like Big companies can handle the complexity of multiple payment systems, all this sort of thing. It's the small guys that are going to suffer. And again, it's one of those things. And of course, there's obvious privacy payoffs for this approach, but there are real costs and the costs are going to be borne disproportionately by the small guys. And unfortunately, that's kind of a theme of a lot of these sort of policies that Apple's pursuing. I wonder about that though with the apps. I don't know how many how many smaller guys are making money from ads that are tracked this way. I don't know. Uh, I, and and in some ways, I they know what they're getting into. I, I don't know. I don't have as much sympathy on this front as I do with the GDPR. I actually have I have less sympathy here as well. I'm just like, but I think there's a separate question from like sympathy or not sympathy. At the end of the day, when it comes to mobile advertising or advertise, digital advertising in general, this is going to make Facebook and Google stronger. Even if it weakens Facebook's advertising, just to use an example, it's going to weaken everyone else's advertising way more, right? It's all relative. And as long as you believe that digital advertising can remain a thing, the net effect is that Facebook is net stronger, even if in an absolute sense they are weaker in, in some respects. Does that make sense? Maybe, but I just question whether tracking is necessary for advertising. I mean, says the guy who's advertising doesn't track but you know and and again i've always said this when i talk about daring fireballs advertising and the lack of tracking and everything about it that i've never said that anything even vaguely like what i do would scale to mass market sites or necessarily to anybody else that's custom made for what i do and my audience and so i'm not trying to imply that that said that's just not the way advertising ever worked before, and advertising was fine. There was never any sense that when you bought a copy of the New York Post on paper from a newsstand that anybody would know that you were reading the New York Post, ever. It just wasn't possible. Right. Advertising worked just fine. I feel like the clarifying view that I got from what Apple changed, or or maybe not really changed, they sort of turned the dial up a little bit. You know, they've yep. already had yep. a sort of pro-privacy, anti-tracking slant. They've turned it up a little bit with WWDC announcements last week. And to me, the clarifying thing, and again, I might be wrong. Nobody at Apple told me this, but what I'm seeing is that they see, I think both because they think it's right and because they see it as a solution to the argument that they're, anti-advertising they're trying to destroy ad-based businesses because apple itself isn't and so that's an anti-competitive stance that they're taking by exerting their power as a company that doesn't depend on advertising at all and who controls the platform what apple has turned up is this idea of we're going to surface 
ways to notify users of what is going on, where they're being tracked, what's weird privacy-wise, like this pasteboard thing like where you apps that check the clipboard are going to post a notification that says, hey, the app you're using, just uh, check the clipboard. And like for TikTok, it was happening every three seconds, which, you know. Lots people, of data going to the Cayman Islands. Yeah. <laughs> but notify the user as much as they can and give the user control to say no. And it's the users who are saying no. And of course, you know, you could say, well, of course they're going to say no. But I think that that gets to the lie behind the whole ad tech industry, which is that the whole thing was based on tracking that people just had no idea was possible and was going on. I can't believe so Safari now by default shows you the trackers on every page you visit. And I can't believe how many people who in my Twitter sphere, who people who are technically savvy are blown away by the number of trackers because I've been using extensions in Safari and Chrome and other, you know, but mostly in Safari that have shown me the number of trackers for years. I, I forget how many years ago I first found Ghostery that shows you stuff like that. But, you know, okay, most people aren't as concerned or aren't it's it personally, professionally into the ad industry like I am. They didn't know it. All of a sudden, people are like, holy crap, 30 trackers on this website. And that's just one site. They're letting people know what's already been going on. And the ad industry really, really now feels entitled to doing it in secret. I think you're absolutely right about Apple taking the take of just informing users and sort of giving them what, what is the obvious choice. And I think it's super smart. I think it's a very smart way to go about it. How can you say this is a bad thing? How can you be opposed to it, et cetera, et cetera. The only point I would raise in sort of objection to you, particularly in saying, oh, we didn't, you know, advertising in the past is that all of the advertising of the present is mostly new companies. That's the thing people don't get about Facebook. There is a whole controversy last week about, oh, Unilever pulling their advertising or Coca-Cola pulling their advertising, all of which makes basically zero difference to Facebook because that sort of advertising never really worked on Facebook anyway. Those were companies and products and ads that were built for the mass market TV big box retailer sort of era. And they've never worked with the sort of Amazon infinite shelf space, Facebook infinite ads sort of idea. What works are these small merchants on like Shopify that are selling one or two little knickknack things, the sort of ads you see in Instagram. And those are new to the world products from new to the world companies. I think it's just worth keeping in mind that it's very easy to, just as people don't understand our advertising has changed, it's easy to forget that who advertises and the sort of companies that are possible that weren't previously have also changed. And just like there's always bad things that come along with it, there's good things too, and that goes in both directions. Yeah. Yeah, and I could see how Instagram in particular personifies your idea that it's going to make the strong stronger because Instagram can get by with one tracker. <laughs> it's <right>. called Instagram. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm laughing, but it's not a joke. You know, they don't need any third-party libraries for tracking. 